بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الرسالة اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد طلحة بن أبيد الله a noble companion of Sahabi radiallahu anhu he narrates an incident he says there were two men that came and accepted Islam at the same time at the hands of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam so two people have come exactly at the same time and they both accepted Islam now the difference between the two one of them strove much harder than the other he made so much more effort he made so many more sacrifices he was just much more hardworking when it came to the religion, when it came to the religious practices. So much so that he went out into battle and he became a martyr as well. So that's one of the brothers. The other one who accepted Islam, he lived for one extra year. But he wasn't someone who strove that hard. He did what the necessary things were, but he didn't do any kind of anything extra. And he passed away one year later. Talha bin Ubaidillah, he says, I saw a dream and in the dream I saw that the man who passed away one year later he entered paradise and Jannah before the other brother who became a martyr in the cause of Allah so this I found it quite surprising but this guy he, he wasn't doing anything extra he didn't do anything extra special he didn't make any sacrifices and that one he gave his whole life he became a martyr he's a shaheed why is it that he's entering paradise before the first? So because with this question, I went to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. At that time, you could just go to the Messenger of Allah, to the reference point directly, and you could ask him. And they asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that this is quite strange. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Talha, why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? He says, because, well, I would have expected the first one uh, who passed away because he's become a martyr, he's given his whole life. I would have thought he would have gone into paradise first. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Didn't the second brother, didn't he live for one extra year? Talha says, Yes. He says, Didn't he fast for one extra Ramadan? He got one Ramadan more than the other one. He goes, Yes. Didn't he pray Salah for one extra year? He said, Yes. So then the Prophet ﷺ said the difference between the first brother and the second and their levels in Jannah is that the difference of the heavens and the earth. Even though he became a martyr and he became a shaheed, we know the rank of a shaheed. But fasting one extra month, we just think, oh, it's only 30 days. It's only Ramadan fast, like everybody fast. This is why we understand. You know when we say Sahaba for six months, they would wait for Ramadan. This is why, because they knew the value of it. They knew the weight of it. It's not just a fast. This is a fast. Can you see? Someone became a martyr and this brother, despite him not striving any extra harder or doing any extra sacrifices, all he did was he fasted another month of Ramadan. And the Prophet said, he will enter paradise before the martyr and the difference between them is like the difference of the heavens and the earth. So, this is why 
by the end of our talk today, what I want is that we get an idea that if we do end up experiencing Ramadan this year, we are truly blessed. It's not just another month that's come or Ramadan comes every year. Do you know when we're praying, oh Allah, help us to reach the month of Ramadan. We don't ever say this for any other time. What does this mean? Why is it so special? So by the end of today, inshallah, let us try and appreciate what Ramadan is and why the Sahaba prayed for it so much and why? Because they valued it. They understood what its worth was. What is Ramadan? First of all, Ramadan is a chance for our forgiveness and we all need it. Every single one of us needs the forgiveness of Allah. The Prophet says, Whoever fasts in the month of Ramadan with two qualities. One is Iman. So you're not just fasting because everyone's fasting, right? Sincerely, you fast for the sake of Allah. Not just, well, if I don't fast, I'll get in trouble. What's my dad going to say? What's my mom going to say? What are people going to say? No, we don't just fast because everybody's fasting. Like, how can I not fast? It'd just be so wrong. No, you're fasting because you want to fast. I want to fast this Ramadan. And second quality is ihtisab, expecting the reward from Allah. Now I'm fasting because Allah's going to give me something great. If you fast with these two things in mind, one is sincerity, fasting for Allah, not because of the community or the society. And number two, expecting reward from Allah. The hadith says, All your past sins will be forgiven. So this is a time for forgiveness just by fasting. And number two, Whoever stands for the sake of Allah, like we have taraweeh. Now you don't pray because everyone's praying. Or oh, if I don't pray, it's going to look bad. No, you do it because you have Iman. You do it for the sake of Allah. And number two, you expect a reward from Allah. If you do it this Ramadan with this spirit, by the end of Ramadan, all the sins will be forgiven. So that's benefit number one of Ramadan. Why Ramadan is so valuable. It's a time for the forgiveness of all our sins. Number two, we have a chance through Ramadan to be resurrected amongst the Siddiqeen and the Shuhada. We all know the highest rank is after the prophets is of the Siddiqeen, the truthful ones. Then it's the Shuhada, the martyrs. A person came to the Prophet وسلم, and he says, O Messenger of Allah, if I say Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah and I perform my five times salah on time, I fast 30 days of Ramadan and if zakat is necessary upon me, I give the zakat. Who will I be amongst on the day of judgment? If I say Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu, I pray my five times salah on time. And number three, I fast the month of Ramadan. And number four, if I have enough money, I give zakat. Who will I be amongst on the day of judgment? The Prophet ﷺ said, you will be min as-siddiqeen wa shuhada. On the day of judgment, you will be amongst the siddiqeen and the shuhada just for doing these actions. Just for doing these actions. And we realize why the Sahaba give so much worth to the month of Ramadan. And number three, another great benefit of Ramadan, is Ramadan is a time where we can free our neck from the fire of hell. I use this wording is because this wording has been used by the Prophet ﷺ. To free your neck from the fire of Jahannam. What does that mean? Free your neck. I mean, if, if Allah doesn't place your neck, that means your whole body won't go into Jahannam. It's not just the neck. It's just a figure of speech to say you're freed by that. You know, someone grabs you by the neck. Okay. So if your neck is freed from the fire of Jahannam, you are freed. And we learn this from a beautiful hadith. 
Do you know the first night of Ramadan, the Prophet ﷺ gathered the Sahaba? Just imagine it's the first of Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ gathered the Sahaba. Do you know what he said to them? He said, on this night of Ramadan, as soon as Ramadan starts, all the shayateen are shackled and chained. Every shaitan is shackled and chained. And then he said, every gate of Jannah is opened. Every gate of Jahannam is closed. And a caller calls out, there's an announcer that makes an announcement. Or seeker of good, come forward. It's time for you to do your good deeds. Come forward. Those who want to do good, come forward. This is your chance now. And all seeker of evil, resist, stay back. You've done enough for the whole of the year. Stay back now. Resist yourself. Resist your temptation. Shut down any activity that you've been doing that consisted of evil. Because this is the month of goodness. Oh, seeker of good, come forward. Oh, seeker of evil, stay back. Resist yourself. And then the Prophet ﷺ then said, Every night of Ramadan, Allah frees thousands of people from the fire of Jahannam. And this happened with وَذَلِكَ فِي كُلِّ Layla. The hadith says. And this happens every night of Ramadan. There's a list of people. There's a list of people. And every single night, these people are guaranteed freedom from the hellfire. May Allah make us from amongst the people on that list. Now tell me, tell me, how many changes Allah is making in Ramadan for you? From the normal system, Allah is making so many changes for you in the month of Ramadan. Like for example, first thing first, Allah is shackling and chaining all of the shayateen. Change, significant change number one. Allah is facilitating this change for you to make it easier for you. So number one, Allah is chaining all of the devils. Number two, Allah opens all the gates of paradise. Number three, Allah closes all the gates of the hellfire. Number four, Allah sends these angels who are making these calls. Oh, door of good, come forward. Oh, door of evil, stay behind. And number five, every single night, thousands and thousands of people are freed from the fire of Jahannam. There are many more changes. We're just speaking about the five mentioned in this hadith. I ask if Allah is willing to make all of these changes for you, what changes are you going to make for the sake of Allah this Ramadan? Allah's making the changes and He does it every single year without you asking, without you pleading. Allah makes so many changes. Have we planned to make any changes this Ramadan? Have we? Or is it just going to be another Ramadan? Is it going to be another Ramadan? It's, it's a moment for us to reflect and think. Are we going to do anything different? Or is this going to be another Ramadan? Suhoor, iftar, come to the masjid, taraweeh, fast, go through the motions. Ten, last 10 days, Laylatul Qadr, make some dua, you know, do a few iftar parties here and there, and then get ready for Eid, do Eid, and then carry on again. Is it going to be one of those Ramadans again? Or are we just like Allah has made so many changes for me, I'm going to make changes for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm just going to quickly go through a very brief plan. This is something we should have already had. And if we haven't, we've got one week left now. And this is nothing extraordinary. It's the very basic and simple things. But first of all, before I mention anything, Ramadan, Quran tells us, why is Ramadan there? What's the purpose of it? What's the purpose of Ramadan? Quran tells us, So that you become people of taqwa. Where is taqwa? Where is taqwa? Where is taqwa? Where? 
in the heart. The Prophet said, Three times he pointed towards his heart and says, Taqwa is here, Taqwa is here, Taqwa is here, and he pointed to the heart. Now, before Ramadan comes, the place of reception of Taqwa, we need to clean it. It's dirty, it's filthy. And that we have to make plenty of Tawbah before Ramadan starts, not after Ramadan. In this week, this week should be a week of istighfar, of Tawbah. So that by the time, if we don't clean it, this is, this is the place where Taqwa will be received. If we don't cleanse this, then nothing's going to come in. And this is why year in, year out, we go through the motions of Ramadan. But by the end of it, the Taqwa we're supposed to receive and achieve, we're not attaining it. Why? Because the recipient of Taqwa, which is our heart, is filthy. It's not been cleaned. So this week is a week of cleansing. Trying as much as possible is still far. Staying away from evil, staying away from sin. And shaitan will try the hardest now to try and corrupt us. This is the time when shaitan plants the seeds of evil and corruption and chaos. May Allah protect us. So we need to make a lot of tawbah and istighfar this week so that when Ramadan starts and all of these blessings arrive, we start receiving them directly into our hearts inshallah. So a quick plan inshallah. What are we going to do this Ramadan? Number one, fasting. You might think, yeah, we're going to fast anyway. We already got... No, 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 no. We're not just going to fast. Fasting... Normally we think fasting is staying away from food, drink and intercourse with your spouse. That's a ritualistic fast. That's a ritualistic fast. Even non-Muslims fast like this as well. There's a culture of fasting at the moment. People are fasting for health benefits. A lot of people fast now. And many non-Muslims fast in Ramadan. They'll take the timetable and they'll fast from dawn till dusk. Stay away from food, drink and sexual activity. They'll do it because they get a buzz out of it. For a Muslim, that's not fasting. That's not fasting. That's a ritualistic fast. What does fasting mean for a Muslim? And how this Ramadan, I'm going to fast a real fast. Not the ritualistic fast I've been keeping all these years. A true fast is when you fast your entire body. Your entire body. So there's a fasting of the eyes. And that is not to look at haram. The fasting of the ears, not to listen to any music in Ramadan. The fasting of the tongue, not to backbite or lie. How easy, we don't even realize. So we stay away from food, but we're eating the flesh of our brother. We're eating, that's eating. Quran says, if you backbite, and the hadith says, Whoever doesn't lead falsehood, backbiting in fasting, Allah doesn't need you to stay hungry and thirsty. That doesn't mean you don't fast, meaning you won't get any spiritual benefit. What you're supposed to derive, the taqwa, we won't achieve. So let's make an intention, inshallah. This year, my fasting is going to be different. I'm going to keep a real fast, not a ritualistic fast, a proper fast. How easy is it to backbite? Somebody comes to you, Muhammad, what do you think about? What's your name, brother? Uh, so, so say Saqib's not there. I go to Muhammad, what do you think about Saqib? You know, have you heard anything about Saqib? Muhammad goes to me, come on man, I'm fasting. Don't make me say anything now. Has he backbited? Has he backbited? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Even this is how subtle backbite he has. Of course he has. Why? Because he's, he's letting off that I have got something to say. Of course there is. What, you're, what you've got in your mind, it's true. But I'm fasting now, so don't make me say it now. 
This is how subtle backbiting is. And we don't even realize we're engaged in it. We think, oh, I'm fasting. Don't, 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 think you, don't make me say it right now. That means you, you, you've already said it. You've already said it. You've given it away that there is something. So this is something that we need to be very careful of in Ramadan. That when we fast, we do a true fast. Fasting of the eyes, fasting of the tongue, fasting of the ears, fasting of the hands and the feet, fasting of the entire body. So everyone make an intention, inshallah. Number one, first thing on our plan. And if you go back, brainstorm this, write this down. Where is our plan for Ramadan? When we do other things, we write things down, we make a note, whether on your phone, whether on a piece of paper, or whether anywhere. Make a note of these things. What am I going to do this Ramadan? Number one. Number two, the second action of Ramadan this year from our plan, Ramadan plan and schedule is Qiyam. The Qiyam of Ramadan is Taraweeh. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, when the Taraweeh takes place, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, whoever joins the Imam in Taraweeh, in Qiyam, until the Imam finishes, for you will be written the reward of praying the entire night. So this year, let us make an intention. Regardless how many rakat are being performed in your masjid, your aim is to pray all of them with the Imam, not run out after eight. If your Imam is doing 20, you do 20 according to the hadith, because the reward is promised for whoever stays till the end. Regardless, if your Imam is doing eight, you pray eight. But if your Imam is praying 20, the hadith is telling you, stay till the end. If you want the reward, stay till the end. If the Imam is praying 40, you pray 40. But in our masjid, the Imam will be doing 20. So stay till the end and you'll go back. Now, suhoor and fajr is late. So I'm assuming most of us will go home and go to sleep. But Allah will write for you the entire night in tahajjud. If you stay till the end, who's going to stay till the end this year? I only see a few hands. I only see a few hands. Come on, guys. Ramadan, we don't even know if we're going to get this Ramadan. The reason why making a plan now is very special. You know, there was a few years ago, there was an Imam, just like I'm speaking now, he was speaking to this congregation on the last Friday before Ramadan regarding Ramadan. The next Friday, the people were praying his janazah. He didn't, he didn't get there. But because he planned for it, and he had an action plan, and written, Allah's given him all of the reward. So if you and I don't get to Ramadan, if we've got a plan written down, that this is what I'm going to do this Ramadan, Allah will give you that Ramadan. And if you reach Ramadan, you'll make the most of it because you plan for it. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And this happens every Ramadan for us. So that's number two, Qiyam, charity, Sadaqah. We know Ramadan is a time for charity and Sadaqah. From now, try and fix an amount. I want to give X amount in charity this Ramadan. And try and allot a portion. I want, I'm, I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to give it to here or here. I'm going to give this amount to this place. You can increase or decrease it through Ramadan, but just make a plan. Whether it's 500 pounds or 1,000 pounds or 200, whatever your capacity is. Make a plan from now. Plan it. Think about it. And don't complain about the people that come and collect the charity. If you don't trust them, that's fine. Leave it between them and Allah. But at the end of the day, you're not going to go all the way to Yemen. You're not going to Somalia. You're not going to India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. You're not going to Palestine and Syria. You're not going to go and travel to these places. These people coming and collecting your money are doing you a huge favor. Appreciate it. Acknowledge it. If you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, don't give. But don't waste Ramadan complaining because that will only destroy your good deeds. May Allah give us the understanding. Another thing that we want to do in Ramadan is perform as many salah as we can in congregation. 
in congregation. I know a lot of us will be working. A lot of us will have other tasks as well. But as many as we can in congregation, especially Fajr and Isha. Because if you pray Fajr and Isha with the Jama'ah, you get the whole night as if you prayed in, 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 in Salah, in Qiyam. And one hadith mentions, if you do Fajr with congregation, for the rest of the day, you are under the protection of Allah. Imagine you're having like 50 bodyguards with you, wherever you go. You don't need bodyguards. This is your, you've got the protection of Allah. Some scholars have said it is haram to cause inconvenience to anyone that prayed Fajr in Jama'ah. Because the hadith says, Man Anybody who performs Fajr in the congregation, that person is in the protection of Allah. You can't harm a person who prayed Fajr in Jama'ah. So everyone make an intention, inshallah, as many salah as we can with congregation, if not all of them, at least Fajr and Isha. And if not even that, then at least Fajr. But try as many as we can, inshallah. And what's your plan with the Quran this Ramadan? Have we planned? Have we, have we actually allocated that I'm going to try and do one completion, two completions, three completions? Have we? Or it's, we're just going to see how it goes. If you just see how it goes, we don't do that with anything in life. We're going to have a wedding in the family. We'll just see when, when the date comes. Okay, 15th of August, we'll just see what happens. Whoever turns up, turns up. We'll just call everybody on the day. Oh, you know, my son's getting married. My daughter's getting married. Yeah, you want to come down? Uh, it doesn't work like that. But Ramadan is the greatest event we have in the year. We don't plan for it. There's no plan at all. So I want everyone to go back today and start planning your Ramadan. Start planning your Quran routine and your schedule. How much Quran do you want to read? Make a realistic target. Don't, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Their journey is different to yours. You've got your own journey. You know your own struggles. You know your own capacity. Allah does not burden anyone beyond their capacity. So don't look at so-and-so or they're doing 10 completions. No, no, no. How much can you realistically do and stick with it regularly throughout Ramadan? Not to do one khatam on the first day and then just to put it away for the rest of it. And challenge yourself. Every Ramadan, we should challenge ourselves with a new challenge. For example, let me share a challenge with you. Some of you might take it on inshallah. Challenge for this Ramadan. We all know how beloved Suratul Mulk was to the Prophet Sallallahu How many benefits there are of reciting Suratul Mulk. Now one of the reasons why we don't end up reading it is because maybe we don't have wudu, we don't have the Quran by us or whatnot, right? Imagine you knew it off by heart and you could just be walking home and read it. It'd be so simple. How many verses in Suratul Mulk? 30 verses. Challenge, challenge yourself this Ramadan. There's 30 verses, 30 days. Easy? Yeah, 30 verses in 30 days. Inshallah, let me know at the end of Ramadan who completed this challenge. 30 days, 30 verses, set it up in your families, on your WhatsApp groups, in your communities, at your workplaces. 30 verses, 30 days, focus on one verse a day, repeat it throughout the day. This will go towards your recitation of Quran as well. This will go. Don't worry, oh, if I start learning this, I won't be able to read much Quran. Well, this is also Quran. And Allah will love it because this is consistent. You're not just reading it for now. You're going to read it for life, inshallah. And this is what Allah wants to see, consistency. We're not just Muslims in Ramadan. We want to be Muslims for life, inshallah, until our last breath. So this is something we want to keep in mind, inshallah. Finally, um, you know, the angels of Allah, they are searching for gatherings where the remembrance of Allah is made. We have a lot of gatherings in the masjid and we'll be having events and programs in the masjid. But what about within the home? Every single day, sit down with your children. 
find at least 10 minutes. We should, every one of us, plan from now 10 minutes with your kids, with your wife, with your children. Sit down and talk about just one hadith. That's it. Or make dua together. Or do one salah together. Or talk about something from the sunnah. Just 10 minutes. Do you know what? You might not see the value of it now. When you leave this world, your children will tell their children, you know your granddad, he would sit us down every Ramadan. He told us the importance of Ramadan, of Islam. He told her who is Allah, who is the Rasul, what is the Quran. And do you know what? Your kids, grandkids will remember you and make dua for you. Today you might not see it, but when you're in your grave, you will receive those duas. But if we don't set up our children on this path, if we don't tell them anything about it now, 10 minutes goes a long way. Every day in Ramadan, spend at least 10 minutes. There's a lot going on in the masjid, but what are we doing within our homes, with our families? 10 minutes at least, inshallah, make a plan with our children, sit down and talk about the Quran, talk about the hadith, talk about Islam, talk about Allah, whatever we can, inshallah. And finally, Ramadan is a time for social media detox. If you can go cold turkey, just go for it. Okay, how many hours do we while away on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube? It just it, hours and hours and most of 99.9% of the time, it's useless. There's no benefit on there, really. We're not doing anything like you want to you die. If you don't just tell yourself, am I going to die if I don't check this Insta post now? No, nothing's going to happen to you. And if you're really badly addicted like a lot of us are, and you can tell because if the Imam recites the Quran a little bit long in the Taraweeh or even Maghrib Salah, don't we start feeling uneasy? Yeah, we start feeling uneasy, it starts feeling painful. But you can be on Insta there swiping away for hours and you don't feel anything. If that's you, you've got a disease. If that's you, really seriously, you have a disease of addiction to Instagram or social media and we have to treat it. And what better time than Ramadan to go on a social media detox? So if you can go cold turkey and say, you know what, that's it. I'm not all Ramadan and you'll save so much time. And I'm not even telling you go and read Quran instead. Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Trust me, go to sleep. At least you won't be doing any sins. You won't be doing anything wrong. And you'll be rewarded for sleeping because you're sleeping with the intention that you stay away from anything haram and any distractions. So this is something, and if you're one of those who just can't do it, you know that this is an unrealistic target for you, that you're not going to be able to go cold turkey, then fix 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes every day at a fixed time and say, this is the time I'm going to check Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is. That's it. Set an alarm. Once it goes, put it away. That's it. Because you just can't stay without finding out what everyone's up to. Fine. Go on there. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and that's it. You will see this Ramadan will be a different Ramadan. And finally, Ramadan is a month of dua. Ramadan is a month of dua. Try and make the most of Ramadan, making duas. Alhamdulillah, Masjid have just printed. We've got loads of these for you to take. Last year, if you guys remember, during Juma and on Tuesday programs, we were sharing one dua every week. And I was sharing the benefits. What they've done is they've put together all of these duas, and there's 30 duas. So again, a challenge for you is to take one dua each day 
and try and learn a dua and you'll see immense benefits. So it's a time of dua. These duas are all from the Quran and the Sunnah. Please take one with you, uh, on, on your way out and share it with other people as well. You can take more than one inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. May Allah make this a Ramadan like never before. The best Ramadan inshallah. A transformational Ramadan where we change inshallah for the good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Uh, if we can just stand up in our places, fill in the gaps in front of us. From next week, inshallah, because the hour will be changing this weekend, uh, next week, Juma Salah times will be changing. So the first Juma'a, first Juma'a will be at 1.30. I'll be leading that, inshallah. And the second Juma'a will be at 2.15. So we'll still continue with the two Juma'as. First one at 1.30, the talk will start just after 1 o'clock. And the second Juma'a will be at 2.15, inshallah.